Chapter 4 Back in Black Tony Stark was jogging through the park, definitely not trying to appear as if he was less tired than he was, since Pepper seemed to manage to look completely unimpressed with their speed. For about the 500th time, he swore he would go jogging without her. But the truth was, without her prodding him, the thought wouldn't even occur to him. Plus, it was kind of nice to spend some time together away from the office. It had become sort of their thing. The romantic relationship had ended long ago, just before the Sokovia Accords and all the drama those brought with them. He was actually kind of proud that he only got the slightest pang of anger and hurt thinking about those events. Obviously, he was growing as a person. Both Pepper and Tony had agreed there was no one else who could be CEO of Stark Industries, so after several long months that he actually didn't remember very well because he had been drunk for most of it, they had reestablished their working relationship. And let's be honest, Tony and Pepper's prior working relationship was closer than a lot of marriages. It was still second nature for Pepper to take care of Tony, and for Tony to, mostly, let her. Hence the jogging. So, are we going to talk about this? Pepper nodded at the elephant in the room, or, more specifically, the reactor in his chest. You know, I'm glad you brought it up. You see, this is just in case. In case, Tony? You know, in case of a monster in the closet, instead of, you know, shirts? Pepper smiled, but there was a frustration in it. You don't need it, Tony. I know I don't need it. It's just in case. A bright orange glow to his right distracted him from the conversation. A circle of orange sparks just appeared in the middle of the park. Out of it stepped through an oddly dressed man with fantastic facial hair. Tony Stark, the man asked. Present? I'm going to need you to come with me. It's not overselling it to say that the fate of the universe is at stake. He then turned to Pepper. Oh, and congratulations on the engagement. Pepper smiled a bit hesitantly, but thanked the man. Tony looked down at the finger in question, and sure enough, there was a nice, if understated, diamond ring. Tony looked questioningly at Pepper. It just happened yesterday, she responded with a blush. Tell Happy he's in trouble for not saying anything to me. And then tell him I'm taking you out to celebrate. Dinner? Tonight? Book it. Tony, don't you think you'll be busy with... Pepper trailed off, waving her hand at the portal, and what could only be a wizard. Before Tony could respond, a figure walked out cautiously from behind Mr. Wizard. If Tony thought he couldn't be more surprised by the events of the day, he was wrong. It was Bruce. Banner was standing right in front of him, all nervous and frumpy, and he could almost believe it hadn't been three years since the Hulk had disappeared in that Quinjet. Hey, Tony, Bruce said in that unassuming way of his. Tony was about as close to speechless as he could get. All he could think of to say was, Bruce, and the man grabbed him into a hug. Where have you? He trailed off. Thor's gone. Thanos is coming. Bruce started rambling, and Tony looked at Pepper, begging with his eyes for her to tell him what he should do. She just shook her head and gestured to the portal. Looks like he was going to fairyland. He kept his arm around Bruce, not sure if he was reassuring the man that Tony was there for him, or reassuring himself that Bruce wasn't going anywhere. They followed the wizard through the portal and into what looked like a museum atrium. It was all done up in dark woods and impeccably done, other than the giant Hulk-sized hole in the staircase. Tony was starting to put a few pieces together. There were two other figures in the room, flanking each side of the staircase, but Tony barely noticed them and focused on Bruce. Okay. Calm down, Brucey, and start from the beginning. Uh, not sure where to start. 
The Quinjet crash-landed on another planet. The other guy was there this entire time, up until Thor ended up trapped there, too. We escaped together to save his planet. We're on our way here when Thanos attacked. Thor's gone, Tony. Thanos just tore through the shit. Bruce trailed off and glanced over at the figure to the right of the staircase. Tony's gaze was drawn away from his friend and over to the stranger. The man had his head down, ostensibly in grief. He was a tall man, lean, but muscular, and wearing head-to-toe, skin-tight leather and armor. Too tall, lots of leather, definitely Asgardian. The last Asgardian, based on what Bruce was saying. After a few seconds of silence and Tony's gaze, the man looked up from under his long, wavy black hair and stared back, his face completely, disconcertingly blank, not showing an ounce of the sorrow that seemed to weigh down the rest of his body. Tony was struck with how familiar the guy was. There was something about his lean face, his sharp green eyes. Then it hit him. Holy fuck, that's Loki. Tony gaped and took a step back. He was startled, certainly, but damn. It was amazing what a few years could do. His face had filled out. He'd lost that starved look. His skin was still pale, but not sallow. He didn't have those dark purple bruises under his eyes. But most strikingly was the fact that you could no longer smell the crazy on him, as Bruce had so colorfully put it so many years ago. He still looked intense, certainly, but there was almost a composure about him. He didn't look like he was seconds away from stabbing everyone while cackling madly. Altogether, Tony thought as he looked up and down, Loki was a seriously attractive guy. How had Tony not noticed before? Then Tony realized he was appraising a wanted criminal. A wanted, supposedly dead criminal. You're supposed to be dead, he accused. Loki gave him a toothy smile that reminded Tony of a shark. Okay, not completely housebroken then. Which time? he asked nonchalantly. Tony looked questioningly at Bruce, who just shrugged. Tony said, Something to do with a convergence and a planet I can't pronounce time? Ah, Spartel's time. Gesundheit. Loki's grin seemed a bit more genuine at that. It didn't take. But Thor said you were dead. He said you died in his arms. Tony countered. Thor told you what he knew. Dude, that's cold. You let your brother think you were dead? Twice? Loki's smile fell away, disappearing back behind that mask of complete blankness. Oh, Tony had definitely struck a nerve. God of mischief, was his flat response. Oh, so we're over the he's-not-my-brother thing? Loki stared at him, his mask not wavering in the slightest. After several minutes of antsy silence, the god moved again, affecting a bored expression that Tony didn't believe for a second. He turned his back to Tony to speak to the others. This reunion has been fun, but there are some rather pressing matters we should be attending to. As Juan launched into the background of the Infinity Stones, Tony mostly paid attention, stretching, holding on to whatever was handy, before Gandalf stopped him with an insulting smack, something about pretty colored stones in the Big Bang. Collect all six. He had gotten the basic idea from Thor when they were dealing with Loki's staff and vision. The thought of the scepter turned his attention back to the would-be king. He, too, was not paying strict attention, affecting an air of disinterest and superiority. Then again, that was probably his default expression. The room had been silent for a few minutes before Tony noticed. Oh yeah, this little demonstration was for him. Tell me his name again, he said to Bruce. Thanos. He's a plague, Tony. 
He invades planets. He takes what he wants. He wipes out half the population. He sent Loki. The attack on New York. That's him. Tony looked over at Loki, who nodded his confirmation. Why didn't you say anything? Tony asked the god. No one asked, Loki responded, with that scary smile again. Tony scoffed. You were my enemy, Stark. I was trying to conquer your little world. Why would I volunteer the information? Somehow, I don't figure that even then you wanted Thanos to conquer the universe, Tony countered. Loki hummed and thought for a moment. I find it difficult to recall what I wanted at the time beyond violence and revenge, he admitted with an expression like the words tasted bad in his mouth. Certainly that is the last thing I wish now, but then... You were totally crazy? I admit I was not quite myself. Oh yeah, the god was definitely embarrassed about having been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He looked exceedingly uncomfortable at this line of questioning, which tickled Tony to no end. Served him right for everything the trickster had put them through. No worries, reindeer games, Tony said magnanimously, flashing his press smile. Better late than never. Loki scowled, but stayed mercifully silent. So this is it, Tony said, turning back to the rest of the group. What's our timeline? No telling, Banner replied. He has the power and the space stones. That already makes him the strongest creature in the whole universe. If he gets his hands on all six stones, Tony, he could destroy life on a scale hitherto undreamt of, Dr. Strange cut in. Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? Tony asked. He needed to get back to normal people who spoke normal words. If Thanos needs all six, why don't we just stick this one down a garbage disposal? No can do, chimed Mr. Wizard. We swore an oath to protect the time stone with our lives, said Mr. Asian Wizard. Tony made a note that he should probably not say that one out loud. And I swore off dairy, but then Ben and Jerry's named a flavor after me, so... Tony trailed off as Loki giggled. The man actually giggled not cackled maniacally or chuckled bitterly. In his running list of weirdness that happened today, that one took the cake. He filed that away as a to-be-handled later. I can tell you that destroying an Infinity Stone is practically impossible. The Black Order has already been dispatched to Earth to collect the Mind and Time Stones. They were at least partially transported via the Space Stone, so they should be here any time. That must mean that Thanos is going after the Reality Stone and Soul Stones himself. Loki cut in. Do you know where either of those are? Doctor Strange asked the god. I couldn't find any information on where the soul stone might be, but I sent the Aether, the reality stone, to nowhere. It's far from this galaxy and should take Thanos quite a while to retrieve. Who the hell trusted you with another infinity stone? Tony asked. What the fuck was wrong with these aliens? Tony should have been locked up and the key tossed into some black hole. Oh, no one of any intelligence would trust Loki with one, I assure you. However, I was masquerading as the Allfather at the time. The logic was sound. We already had the Tesseract in the vaults of Asgard. It would not have been wise to maintain two Infinity Stones in the same location. Okay, ignoring the whole pretending to be your daddy thing for a moment, but believe me, we'll get to that later. The Tesseract is the Space Stone, right? One of the ones Thanos has already? Loki nodded hesitantly, obviously sensing where this line of questioning was going. So how did Thanos get it? You gave it to him, didn't you? Loki sneered. If I told you I had to, would you believe me? No, actually, I wouldn't. How are we supposed to trust that you are not working for Thanos when you wanted to give him the Tesseract way back when 
and now he suddenly has exactly what he wants. Tony was starting to boil with anger. The little shit was just standing there, smiling and sneering like it was just a given that they would believe everything the liar said. Tony, Bruce interjected. Tony turned his attention to the scientist, his anger stemming just a bit in his continued belief that the man was okay. I saw what happened when Loki gave Thanos the Tesseract. He was torturing Thor. He was about to kill him. Loki had to. So we're just supposed to believe that all of a sudden, Loki cared about his brother being alive. Do you remember how many times he tried to kill Thor when he was here? I'm not saying they don't have issues. I mean, even on Sakaar, Bruce trailed off for a moment in memory. And Tony really wanted to know what the scientist was recalling, because he was sure it would be relevant. But Banner quickly came back to it. But Loki showed up to save the day. He's not like he was back then. Surely even you can see that. Tony couldn't deny that the villain was trying his best to appear not villainy and certainly less crazy. But there was nothing to prove that it wasn't just an act. You would be a fool to trust me, Loki supplied casually. He glided, fucking glided, over to Tony and put an arm companionably on his shoulder, leaning a bit. Tony jerked away, taking a couple of steps to regain his personal space. Damn it, that was his move. Granted, this guy had been alive for centuries before Tony was even born, but still. Loki didn't seem at all perturbed by the distance, the fucker. He just smiled like it was all part of his plan. So let me tell you what I told my brother before we fought the Dark Elves and I died in glorious battle. Uh, died? Dr. Strange questioned and Loki smirked but didn't respond to him. Trust my rage. There are times that I wanted Thor dead, but I wanted to be the one to kill him. What's more, Thanos made me his tool to obtain the stones, which led to my defeat at your hands and abject humiliation. Don't trust me, but trust that I want Thanos to fail as much as you do. Tony wasn't quite sure how to reply to that, but the universe stepped in. Right at that moment, he noticed the wind started to pick up. This was especially weird considering they were indoors. He looked up at the Hulk-sized hole in the roof. Leaves and various debris were blowing by, far quicker than one would normally see in a city where the buildings blocked most of the wind. Shit, something's here.